Welcome to the Midwest Nice Podcast, the show with honest political discourse, Dipton Ranch. This is your host, John Flynn, and today I'm joined by Amy Lipka and Mariel Brown Fallon. Keep your accent strong in the Mackinac Island fudge close by, because you're going to need it. Let's get the show started. Welcome back to the Midwest Nice Podcast, uh, episode six, funny story, true story about last week. Uh, sad. Sad, low energy podcast. Uh, <laughs> actually, it was a great episode. Just trust us. It was really, really good. We're yeah. very talented. We're very funny. We said the best jokes you've ever heard in your life. And, uh, you know, it's kind of your loss. It's it's your loss. You yeah. Know? But due to um, some mistakes were made. Um, I'm not, I'm certainly that not going to accept it. Friendships blame. ended. <laughs> that was very um, passive. So basically what happened is the very second that we finished recording, I hit save and accidentally overwrote the old file. I'm still not entirely sure. The forums were not very helpful for trying to figure out what had happened, but deleted everything after like the first 20 minutes. So, uh, edited together what I could still sent that out just to have something out. Um, yeah. Was, uh, good times. Yeah, I, I, I'm trying to think of it like how they say it's good luck, you know, at a restaurant for a glass to break on the first night. Granted, that was the fifth episode, not the first episode. Also, break a leg. I, uh, a, yeah. I did just watch that episode of Parks and Rec when Tom's Bistro opens and Jerry knocks over a glass and they say it's good luck and then he knocks over two entire shelves of glasses. Yeah, it definitely, <laughs> I kind of feel like it's we're in between those two Well, scenarios. that's what it got to because it was like deleted and i was like frantically searching how can i fix this and there was two options for how to fix it the only problem was that if you picked one option and tried it it would make the other option not work so it was like the bomb squad guy who's like deciding what wire to cut and the wire (laughs) i cut did not fix it and also meant i couldn't try to fix the other way which very well may have fixed it it was basically like we were in the hurt locker yeah, that no, but <laughs> yeah, sure. Yeah, it was exactly like the Hurt Locker. I uh, know millions are invested in this, so we thought millions. we should let you know. Um, Billions. Yeah. Also, uh, noticeably absent from this episode is our very own Lauren Kaufman. She is out sick, and she is dead to us for missing dead missing this one podcast recording after years she? of mm-hmm. friendship down and, the drain uh, reliability. She decided to throw it all away. Uh, and on the uh, common cold and be sick and be sick mm-hmm. yeah um yeah and it really there was a lot of big stuff happening in the midwest last week and so the episode was great but you know life's like a bicycle you got to be moving forward or you're falling over <laughs> what <laughs> that's a phrase i use that phrase okay john um anyways uh so something we we're going to talk about today there's a uh an article that i read I just Um, want to point out that John always very nicely writes up the outline and prints mm -hmm. it out and sends it to us, Mm -hmm. but this outline has a hyperlink to an article that he printed out and gave to me and Mary. You can type it in. And we tried to click it. I didn't didn't read it. (laughs) I'm sorry. Just type it. it. Type it out. You know how to do it. Mm -mm. Um, If it's not touch screen, I don't know what it is. Anyways, (laughs) 
so the article is from City Lab. Uh, it's titled "Why Are City Accents Fading in the Midwest?" Um, and it's a lot about how I guess there's been a noticeable change over the past, I think, few decades that uh, regional accents have been sort of going away. And this talks about it in a, you know, a reasoning behind it that I hadn't thought of before. Um, so basically, the the gist of the article is pointing out that a lot of this uh, lack of um, regional and especially like city-based dialect uh, can be sort of linked to the loss of strong blue-collar work in the Midwest. Basically, like if you're talking about a city like you know Rust Belt city like um, Chicago, Detroit, um, Pittsburgh, places like that, it's sort of for a long time you could be very successful basically without ever leaving the city. Um, there wasn't a lot of economic forces that were forcing people to move out of their hometown in order to get an education or get a better job. Um, and obviously that's, you know, the, the factory work and things like that in the Rust Belt has been fading for a long time. Um, the old, you know, like stereotype of the mill closing down and the town going into a depression is something that's very real here and it's you know pretty much the same in every major city in the midwest i feel like um and yeah that's something that i didn't really think about how um you know in the past it was it was possible to live a very insulated life based on this promise of good blue collar jobs as soon as you graduated high school so you know these communities really stuck together and people didn't need to leave and that sort of led to these dialects being formed and then now we're talking about you know it's almost a need to go to get a college education or you know a a trade education or something where you're gonna have to travel for it and the more people are traveling and things like that it's actually starting to evaporate the the accents that are out of places like Chicago and things like that yeah that's really interesting I don't it's like strange to me having not really lived in a place that has like a strong like city regional accent, but I definitely see a lot of places being more like commuter towns, a lot more like commuter cities. And obviously there's still a lot of jobs in those cities, but I see a lot more people like maybe living in a different state and commuting or living in a different community or living in the suburbs or, you know, some anywhere that's like less expensive or Mm -hmm. maybe like a more hop in place to be. Yeah. Yeah. I think it's also like, you know, uh, the week before last week we were talking about young people moving in and out of cities. And I think that that's also another thing to consider is that cities oftentimes, you know, people from the Midwest moving to New York or people from, you know, the East coast moving to Chicago, um, and things like that. And then also, yeah, obviously, um, like economic mobility, I think became more of a thing. Um, and also when people went to college, um, you know, kids are encouraged to like speak correctly. And I think that, um, I don't know, that could also have something to do with it, but, uh, yeah. Yeah. I'm like wondering too, if, you know, like the, the push to speak correctly, especially as a lot of these cities, are well maybe not a lot of these cities but a lot of these areas are like experiencing white flight and like a lot of Mm -hmm. like in order to be taken seriously you have to talk like this you have to act like this yeah wondering if that you know it being less acceptable 
to, you know, speak or act like stereotypically a working person from, you know, mm-hmm. a few decades past would. Yeah, something else that the article does point out that this is definitely a phenomenon observed basically in the white blue collar working communities just because that that you know they've had more opportunity than other communities for you know the entire time and right um something else that was interesting um that i i hadn't heard about that i was reading in the article that um in chicago so they talked about um you know the the stereotypical chicago accent dub bears and all that um, and how that's that's been fading away, and which I think you know I have some friends from Chicago, and they definitely don't talk like that. Um, but it again is something that came out of white working class neighborhoods. Um, but when you look to, so there was a huge um, migration of African American workers from the South that were traveling up to Chicago for work, and so um, the African American communities in Chicago actually a lot of them speak still with a lot of Southern dialect. Um, because, you know, just all of the years of um, segregation, yeah. Yeah. And, and, uh, systemic racial, Mm -hmm. you know, segregation and barriers to, to entry to the workforce and housing and things like that in the city meant that they stayed insulated, um, sort of, Mm -hmm. you know, in a way that the white working class hasn't. Yeah, yeah. And, and yeah, and I guess even now, like, the, the dialect there is more Southern than you would think of, of people in a, in a Midwest town. And that's something yeah. I never thought about before. Yeah, that's, like, interesting, too, talking about, you know, like, we're saying, like, Rust Belt cities like Chicago and Philadelphia. And, like, I think of as, like, a college graduate in Michigan, like, I think of Chicago as, like, all the people who didn't want to stay in necessarily like mm-hmm. the Midwest, like the stereotypical Midwest, like people who wanted to get out of Michigan or wanted to like live in a city and have a high powered job. That's where they went. So it's just like yeah. funny thinking about like the bears versus like how we think of it now. It's yeah. Very different. Yeah. It definitely doesn't feel like the Midwest when you travel there now. Mm-hmm. It's like, you know, it feels like a big East coast city almost. And uh, yeah. So I guess the, that's another thing, you know, this article is talking about is that these dialects really came out of um, working class neighborhoods um, mm-hmm. and areas like that that were really insulated. And now, yeah, Not so much people in our age group are traveling so much more for work that it's just a greater mix of everybody. And um, the dialect is fading in those cities. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I also think that, like, again, what you guys already said, but um, I think that having an accent like that, like, back in the 50s and 60s, like, people probably, you know, didn't feel great about their accents and they didn't want their accents. And so I'm sure that a lot of them grew up um, to want to kind of shake it just because accent could oftentimes be, like, tied to class. So, like, mm-hmm. people would hear them speak and, like, make a lot of judgments about them. And I think that that was something that a lot of people shared was that kind of like it's this immutable quality where as soon as you open your mouth people can like make assumptions about you Mm -hmm. and um so I think that a lot of people kind of actively suppress their accent and now we're kind of seeing that some people did it really successfully and now it's uh yeah the folks who have it um we look at it as like really like cute and funny but right. I don't think it's always been seen that way. To yeah. Them. And that's a funny 
point to make too to me because I feel like now we're talking about these regional accents and we're like oh like I heard this sketch on SNL like they're in movies you know like things like that that are like the good old days kind of Mm -hmm. I feel like that's how people think of them now where Mm -hmm. you know that's obviously not not what it was at the time yeah Mm -hmm. although I guess with a more insular community there's also like pride within your community so it's also like yeah yeah i'm from chicago i'm from philadelphia yeah the article talks about that a little bit too about how it was sort of a an exponential thing of you know people were already insulated in communities based on where they could find work and things like that and then over time it becomes a source of pride and a way to Mm -hmm. identify familiar people um based on you know your accent especially if you're talking about um chicago pittsburgh or even you know outside of the the direct midwest you know boston places like that where there's huge irish immigrant populations and they um when they were first um immigrated that was where they found a comfortable area to live and yeah um, find work and things like that and then over time especially when there's economic downturns and um feel like they're getting ragged on or uh, things like that then it becomes like a source of pride like mm-hmm. um no i'm proud of you know that i have this accent and this is where i'm from but there is a flip side of it you could look at that the loss of the accent means that places are getting more diverse which is a good thing right yeah i definitely i felt like this topic could have a kind of like oh no the white working class is like dying kind right. of feel and obviously like that's not what any of us wanted it to be and so I think that's a good point to bring out at the end. Yeah, this article definitely took, like, they they took a, a not, they definitely didn't take that approach. Right, of yeah. saying that this was such a tragedy that... Um, I can definitely see Trump just being like, you don't see people with Chicago accents anymore or something, you know? Like, <laughs> yeah. can't you see that as, like, we're being so oppressed? Absolutely, <laughs> right. absolutely. Yeah, it did bring up, I think at one point, about his his whole spiel about you know, I'm elected to to lead Pittsburgh, not Paris. But, <laughs> you know, people from that area probably don't feel very represented. <laughs> don't also, feel good about it. <laughs> yeah. Also, something that I just wanted to throw in really quickly um, that one of my bosses here showed me was this Twitter of this woman. Um, and it's called uh, Resistance Genealogy. And it's pretty incredible because she basically goes after people like uh, Tommy Lauren, for example, who have extreme Mm anti-immigrant sentiment. And she is a historian, so she is able to go back in time and, like, trace the lineage of these people who are, like, viciously anti-immigrant right now. Mm -hmm. And she was able to show that um, Tommy Lauren's, like, great-great-grandmother uh, was in the United States for, I think it was 40 years and never learned how to speak English because Tommy Lauren was going after people saying, you're in America, you need to speak mm-hmm. English. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, so anyway, that's kind of off topic, but on the uh, on the topic of language, uh, it's a really cool Twitter. You should check her out. She trolls like yeah. a lot of right-wing people, so it's really funny. What's that called? Uh, Resistance Genealogy. Resistance Genealogy. You know, now we got 23 <laughs> in me. And uh, have either of you done that? I no. have. You did? I did. Anything interesting? Um, nope. I am <laughs> whiter than I thought imaginable. Mm. Um, I am just like very, very Irish. My mom is 100% Irish and mm-hmm. her family 
and uh, my dad is like Irish and then a mix of like other Western and some Eastern European countries, but really, uh, yep, just white. Yeah. Yeah. I thought about doing it, but I don't, I don't, yeah, I don't think I, I mean, you get it and then you're like, oh, okay. Well, what it's do also I do like, I know like, like I, th- I think all of my great grandparents were direct immigrants. So like, it's, it, it isn't far back enough that I have yeah, trouble, like, same. just asking family members, right. like, like, I know my great-grandpa came, like, directly from Ireland, and, right. like, my great-grandma on one side came, like, from Lithuania, so, like... Right. Don't pay the, the hundred bucks, just, just talk to your family, yeah, people. <laughs> just got uh, Irish, and then a lot of Eastern black, that cockroach DNA. Nice. <laughs> seems like it. You're DNA. like a tough no, guy. Like, no, it seems like no, you Eastern, ate some cockroaches yeah. in your no, past no, no, life. No, I don't mean That's that. That's what that but means. <laughs> Eastern, Eastern black people are just super hardy. That's just been nothing but horrors for a long time. And, you know, don't get sick that often. Just and, constantly getting annexed by people. Yeah. It's, it's been Wars. rough over there. Yeah. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, I thought, you know, we uh, definitely talk about Midwestern accents a lot uh, in this office. Sealid. Sealid. Yeah. Well, especially Michigan accents. Yeah. It's something that. Whenever it comes out, it's just. Yeah. It's so sad. Everybody and everybody has the same story of like not real, not thinking that they had an accent at mm-hmm. all. Everyone's like, "What do you mean, like talking normally?" Yeah. But then once people start to point things out, yeah. it's like, "Oh, that isn't." When I went to college and like well, met people who were not from Michigan, I was like, "Oh, I hear it. I'm so sorry." Yeah, <laughs> because you you always picture in your head that you're speaking like transatlantic radio speech. <laughs> but yeah, yeah, I thought it was a really interesting, uh, really interesting article to talk Good about. Good find, John. Definitely. Yeah. Um, so last week uh, we had great trivia, but uh, it was all lost in the uh, the issues we were having. But luckily, uh, luckily. Amy had actually made another set of trivia questions because she thought it was, well, we, there was confusion about who was doing We didn't trivia, talk so. about it. It was a whole thing. Also, when John said it was great trivia, he meant heated trivia, but yeah. it was good. I will yeah. give him that. It yep. I can't believe I won the whole round. It was awesome. Okay. Yeah. So luckily we have trivia again this week already set up. All right, you guys. We got three questions. Mm-hmm. Question number one. Pretty simple. How many waterfalls does the Upper Peninsula of Michigan have? I was inspired by seeing the sun for the first time in six months. Oh, yeah, you're right. Mm-hmm. Just finally got up into the uh, 50s and 60s here. I am going to guess, only because I only know of one specifically, but I'm going to guess one. Okay. Don't go chasing waterfalls. <laughs> Is that your Four. final answer? Four. Four. All right, guys. I'm deeply disappointed. Also, I don't know what their... This was from, I think, the state of Michigan's website, mm-hmm. like their tourist website. 150, you guys. 150? Oh, wow. I don't know what their John, you should know cutoff that. was, but... Well, yeah, what's you the... Guys. Co- Is there like a height limit? What makes a waterfall? So. When I went... Whitewater. Maybe it's just some streams. Yeah. <laughs> when I went whitewater rafting in West Virginia, we like went over a waterfall technically. Mm-hmm. And yes, I did fall out. And yes, it was terrifying. But it, <laughs> like you would not look at it and be like, oh, that's a waterfall. There were definitely, there's definitely more than four or one. <laughs> right. All right. Anyways. 
Next um, question. And Lauren's not here to get all the answers 100% right. So Yes, we're going to get all of them wrong. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Question two. Which Midwestern state has a town called Santa Claus? So again, this has been a topic of hot discussion on this podcast, but what are we considering the Midwest? Are we not considering like Great Plains states or like it's a state that that I think most everyone would consider a Midwestern state. Gotcha. That's Um, my criteria. It's called Santa Claus. Santa Claus. I'm going to say Ohio. Mm. I'm going to say Illinois. And both of you are wrong again. Uh, <laughs> terrible. It's Indiana. Uh, Apparently, Mike Pence. <laughs> that actually makes so much sense now that you think about it. Right. Um, apparently, Santa Claus, Indiana, receives over half a million letters and requests at Christmas time. So some of them just uh, go to Santa Claus, Indiana. That's one of those things mm-hmm. where they set it that's up for cute. kids then, too. I actually... Don't think they did. I it's think there's just, just a town. That go- yeah, it's just an accident. Yeah. Um, cool. Anyways. <laughs> All right. <laughs> Moving right along. Okay, multiple choice for question number three. Peru, Indiana was once known as the what capital of America? I have, I have five multiple choice. Multiple choice. <laughs> oh, all right. <laughs> Proceed. Record I mean, scratch. You, you, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> A, ham sandwich. B. <laughs> I like where this is going. Wait, so the you're saying the ham sandwich capital? Yes. Okay, continue. Peru, Indiana. Peru, Indiana. Sounds about okay. right. Yeah. <laughs> B, the circus capital of America. C, water polo capital of America. D, fireworks capital of America. And E, bread and butter pickle. Like both fireworks and bread and butter pickle have already been mentioned on this podcast. Yeah, they have. Fire- <laughs> but fireworks in Indiana, I feel like, just go together like peas and carrots. <laughs> like um, peanut butter and jelly? Yeah. I, like I'm, ham and sandwiches? Yeah. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna to say fireworks. Actually, let me think. All right. For some reason, bread and butter pickles is sticking out to me, but that might be because you added that as an extra or as a multiple choice answer to another question. Did I? think maybe i did definitely yeah Yeah, i'm gonna say fireworks okay i'm gonna say ham sandwich all right anybody want to want to guess as to if either of you got it right i'm gonna guess we're both wrong i think one of us got it right this time you were both wrong (laughs) wow it's the circus capital of america embarrassing why why is it the circus i i have a small paragraph for you oh great uh basically Peru, Indiana, was the winter headquarters for several famous circuses mm-hmm. for some reason. Seems like Indiana winters are not good, so I don't <laughs> understand. You want to go there? I don't know, but I looked I looked up Peru, Indiana's good. website, and they were like, circus capital of the world. Um, also, the International Circus Hall of Fame is located in Peru. Oh, that exists? That exists. <laughs> And during the third week of July, the Peru Amateur Circus holds performances for the whole week. So they have just a bunch of bunch of circuses, bunch of people interested in circuses. Maybe that's the entire town. I didn't look up how big it is. I, uh, 
I wish that was interesting. That just wasn't that interesting. Isn't that <laughs> so Midwestern, though? Yeah. Like, pick a random thing yeah. and be so proud of it. Yeah. Well, there was the one the other week about it was like the magic capital. Mm-hmm. Some random. Mm-hmm. Was it a Michigan town? Yeah. Yeah, I think it was. Yeah. So I could see that Bunch happening. of freaks out here. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, also that's not a that's not a slur against circus people because circus freaks they've claimed that yeah so i think so freaks love you freaks yeah (laughs) is that gonna be your your sign off (laughs) to all our circus freak listeners um still seems bad (laughs) still we shouldn't say that probably yeah probably not uh anyway that's it yeah good Good, job guys trivia this week amy we did it please clap We did it as in you got all of them wrong. <laughs> you get a Jeb Bush, please clap for that. Thank um, you. That's what right. I feel I deserve. Yeah. All right, let's uh let's get into some some current events or a current event here in uh, our home state of Michigan. Uh so coming up this weekend, our very own Donald China Trump is uh <laughs> Coming to do another rally in Washington, Michigan. Of course he is. Uh, yeah, it's happening on April 28th, uh, the same night as the White House Correspondents' Dinner. Uh, Trump won Michigan in 2016, unfortunately. Uh, he had a ton of rallies. What was the margin? I don't know. I don't remember. I think, I think it, it was close, I think right? it was amount that I was still uncomfortable with. I think any, mm-hmm. any amount. Know, amount of him winning, I'm uncomfortable with. But um, something we talked about before, like... I think it was a little less of a surprise that he won to people in Michigan yeah. than other places, you know, outside of... There were a lot to of the coastal elites yeah. Yeah. who were like, oh, yeah. is that it's what you gonna were... be fine. He had and continues yeah. to have a lot of support here. Yeah. There's still a lot of signs of... Yeah. Tons. Homemade. People are getting, like, taking time to, like, buy, art, like, hardcore yeah. arts and crafts well, supplies think, and put them up. I think I saw something that, like, his... Like, uh, you know, the trinkets and stuff you can buy online and signs like that. Like, their business that does that is, like, crumbling. Hmm. Like, they've had, there's problems with that. I don't know. Interesting. Maybe because he's trying to impose tariffs on China and all that's made <laughs> in China. It could have yeah. something to do with it. Boom, I, <laughs> um, I feel like Democrats have really, like, mobilized, though, and a lot of them just didn't come out in 2016. So I'm interested to see, like, What's the ratio of people coming to see Trump versus coming to protest Trump? Right. Yeah. Yeah. I think that, like, Michigan was also a really interesting state, and it almost didn't surprise me that much. I mean, it surprised me that Trump won anywhere just because it's like, uh, but also, like, I get it. Um, And one of the big things to remember is that uh, Hillary did not win the primary in Michigan Mm -hmm. for anyone. Mm -hmm. And I think that that I'm that is an important thing to remember because I think that you are right in that a lot of people chose to not vote after that yeah. and chose to not come out because they weren't excited and also it was just like the longest most grueling primary I feel like like it was mm-hmm. inescapable people were just so turned off by the time that the election actually got here and because a lot of people like didn't have the candidate that they wanted. They chose not to vote, and that's definitely not justifiable. But I think that it makes sense. It's also interesting to think about. So, like that's definitely true. But there's also a lot of people, or at least I saw a lot of like yard signs for John Kasich, 
here and then mm-hmm. once trump won it was like all replaced by trump signs so yeah. that's yeah. like also something to think about like democrats didn't rally around their candidate but even though like republicans candidate was like very different from who they actually wanted they still rallied and still went out and voted yep yeah weird jump from Kasich. very weird the most moderate of the yeah. republican candidates to yeah, screw it. I'm gonna vote for Trump. Mm-hmm. Which maybe it was a little bit of that. Like, I uh, think you know, it was like, kind of like the system kind of. Yeah, I think it was a lot of also like you know I don't like him, but he's the nominee, or you know he's gonna push forth these like one or two issues that I care about, so I'll just do it. I guess so. Yeah. I don't know, dude. MAGA. <laughs> also in that. <laughs> yeah, it was. Uh, there was also weird crossover and mis- like I was. Uh, door knocking for a Democratic candidate on election day, and there were a lot of people with Trump yard signs that also had yard signs for Democratic candidates, mm-hmm. which for like state rep and stuff like that. Which for was, local people, yeah, yeah, which was bizarre. Or just you know that's how they they voted for the change candidates and differentiated the change candidates not yeah. by party but by like who is going to be different for us. Yeah, I think there's always going to be a certain amount of people that just vote for whoever is the change candidate regardless Mm -hmm. whoever is um the most different um right yeah because i remember even um door knocking for a local candidate there was a lot of people i was knocking on the door and they were just like yeah we got to vote them out of there and but without (laughs) any sort of reasoning everybody yeah like but why like it's just people I think people like change on a certain level. They like yeah. They like the action. They like the the energy. Of, and like having a voice and knowing that they can change something. Yeah, it just sucks because it you know. After, I mean, it's a. I mean, it's a good feeling. Yeah. But. Well, it was such a positive thing when like Obama got elected. Mm-hmm. So and it was almost, we had it so good for so long. It was unimaginable <laughs> that there could be somebody that far in the other direction who could win again. Like I remember thinking like. Yeah, maybe because there was so much vitriol and nastiness against Obama when he was in office. Like, maybe like a moderate Republican could pick it up the the next election just based on people who, you know, the change people. Mm-hmm. But I never thought it would go so far the other way, especially not in Michigan. Yeah, but I feel like all that vitriol should have signaled something. You well, know, like this still exists here. Yeah, well, it, that that's something that I. I hesitate to call it like a positive but for a lot of people it's really waking them up to see like yeah oh this is still like not just there are some people that think like this like this is still a really prominent belief system that exists in a lot of people yeah or at least something that people are not like don't like not believe you know they're okay with rallying behind someone who says these things even if they're not like yeah this is exactly what i believe and in some instances it's causing their downfall like some of the the alt-right speakers and things like that and people who are attending like the charlottesville rally and things like that are like losing their jobs and like finally like facing real consequences for these like heinous ideas that they've been harboring for a long time but now you know there's a guy in pre- in the White House who's making them feel comfortable to come out and uh, talk their uh, bad ideas out loud, and finally understanding what the First Amendment really means—that you know, it's protection from persecution from what you say, but not from any consequences for what you say. Here, here, that's true. 
Um, and yeah, I also think that it's funny that you mentioned that um, Trump is coming to a rally here, which first of all, like, do your job. Stop. Stop doing rallies. Like, yeah. but we understand that he needs to do that because he is an absolute like diagnosed narcissist. And the reason that he's doing one on the same night of the White House Correspondents' Dinner is because he like cannot take a single blow to his ego. Like, he would not be able to sit in that room and like feel okay with he people would, making like, jokes. He at would all. maybe like melt into the floor. I don't. I think or he just would, like, erupt. I don't he would even leave. know. Yeah, he yeah, would. He, he would leave. leave. He would get up and leave. He, yeah, he can't stand it. You're right. Like no one, none of us know what he would do because well, was, he wouldn't show. When he was at the White House Correspondence Center for Obama was when. Oh um, yeah. Obama was cracking a bunch of jokes about him, and you could see it on his face that he was losing it. Mm-hmm. Um, so Obama is also a great roaster. <laughs> <laughs> boom <laughs> roasted. Pretty, boom yes. roasted. Yeah, and I mean, yeah, it just says something like he can sit behind Twitter and call people this, that, or the other thing. Um, the other day, he actually called someone like uh, an anti-Semitic slur. He said something like. Um, tired eyes something sleepy eyes sleepy eyes yeah Yeah. and that's like i guess an anti-semitic slur um against this like jewish journalist and Mm. it's just things like that that he thinks he can get away with and he can get away with because he sits behind his phone and does them but it's just ironic that you know in this uh tradition that all these presidents do not saying that you should do it or that you need to do it or whatever it's kind of silly but just saying, like, if you dish it out in the way Donald Trump dishes it out, you should be able to sit down in a room for a couple hours and have people make jokes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, we don't want him in Michigan <laughs> sitting <laughs> down. Yeah. You know, we're, uh, um, <laughs> we're going to build the wall. We're going to build a wall around Michigan to keep him out. Hopefully. I think. Can s- we all just, like, write our best Trump, ro- like, roasts on protest boards and just like hold them up they should do the thing with the like airplanes and they drop yes. like pamphlets over <laughs> enemy lines and just drop like yeah jokes it, about trump yeah this is a very real like a lot of people analyzing the situation like it's a cult like how do you break the spell that some people have and i think it's going far to say that all of the his supporters are you know out of their minds like that but there are definitely some who are um, you know, when you get faced with so much evidence of how he's not helping them and they still manage to convince themselves that he is. So how do you, how do you break that? And, and, and it's something that we have to do or else, you know, I think even if he got impeached, there'd be a lot of people, you know, in this state and elsewhere who would, mm-hmm. it would not be over for them. They would, he would go down as a, a martyr for them and they would just, and they find would someone say, else who's the same yeah. or worse. They would say this is like just proves how Everyone's persecuted we are. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and how persecuted mm-hmm. they are. So yeah, I don't know how you bridge the gap and bring people back to back to reality. Hope there goes gravity. <laughs> um, Our very own Detroit native. Yeah, and a big Trump shit talker. He's really good at roasting him. Yeah, he is. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I mean, he never said anything back to him either. Cause it's so known that he. Like Trump am- didn't? Yeah. Well, amongst, like, rappers, like, nobody ever, like, writes diss tracks am- about Eminem because he's just oh. really good at writing them back. Yeah. 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 And he also just, like, doesn't care, I feel like. Right. Yeah, he doesn't really have a dog in the fight. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, Trump's Trump's coming back. See. Back to the homeland. I'm, I'm, I'm curious to see 
how many people show up at the rally. I think it's I feel be like a it'll. Lot. I thought it, I was gonna say I think it'll be quiet. Really? I, yeah. I think people are gonna come from all over. I think people mm. are gonna go. That's well, true. Of, like all of the people in the state like will drive well, it's, for a oh, long yeah. way to do it's that. It's also oh, yeah. he does them like he's doing it in Washington, mm-hmm. which is near Bay City. Mm-hmm. And it's not he a said. bit and I don't think it's a big town. No. So he does that like he goes to small towns where like they've probably never had a big event in their town, you know. So it looks like a huge event. Well, just the idea of, especially when he was first on the campaign trail, like he was just this big celebrity guy. So it's like, that was, you know, like any, you know, if like George Clooney was coming to like, you know. Lansing, Michigan? Or or just a small (laughs) town, like it could have been anybody coming there and they would have packed the place because everybody in the town probably goes. It's like. You know. Yeah, and it's, it's it's part of his thing, right, is that he goes to all of these old, like, towns that have seen much better days. They're in uh, post-industrial towns, and they're struggling, and he, like, has a nice backdrop for him to give his speech and rile up the crowd, and it's, like, all a prop, and it's all a setup so that he can, you know, energize his base and make promises that he has no intention of ever following through on. Yeah. And to me, his events, when he does them in those small towns, you're like, I don't know if you've ever heard the story about, so Pitbull was having like a, con- the rapper was having like a contest. Mr. Education. To- <laughs> yeah, Mr. <laughs> Worldwide um, was having a, a contest to like whoever voted the most for their town, he would do a show at the Walmart there. He had some sort of deal going with Walmart. Hmm. And so people online got a hold of this contest and just like use bots or I don't know what else to like bombard it with votes for this town in the middle of absolute nowhere in Alaska. <laughs> and that's the one that won. But props to him. He like went there. I've seen like pictures of it and still like he did not treat it any different. He like showed up, put on this concert in the Walmart there in the middle of nowhere. And it was packed in this crazy concert because basically everybody probably within like a hundred miles of there. It was like, <laughs> we are never going to get another concert here. We need to go even we need to go see Pitbull at this Walmart. That was definitely lit. Yeah. And yeah. so I feel like oh you were there? <laughs> what? I said were you there? No, I said it was definitely lit. I wish I was yeah. there. But I think that's what that's the effect and why he gets good I think the only big place he did a rally in Michigan was Grand Rapids yeah he did one like pretty close to election day I think he came to like smaller I think he did one in like Macomb or Warren or something around there um yeah do you think that he did that because of like the DeVos connection and like sure it had something evangelical Christian folks out there probably I don't know I think I think it was a packed rally when he went to the Grand Rapids of supporters not like I'm sure people protesters. drove from like all over to yeah. go because yeah, it was true. like right before the election, like when people were at their most hype about mm-hmm. him. I think. Yeah, it's a nice but town to visit too. Yeah, <laughs> and it, gonna, I was if just, you're gonna go see a Trump rally, you might as well go see it and go happen. Might it's as pretty, well go enjoy yeah, the get, town. Get I was just gonna say nice that shows you just how like isolated people can be in their social circles that like there are so many young hip people in grand rapids who are like very liberal minded but then you go like a mile away and there's all these people who are like yeah we know trump's gonna win so it's just like so Mm -hmm. wild yeah that's how it's been um any final thoughts i think no i think i've said my piece (laughs) (laughs) yeah maga i think i've said my piece all right um 
got a good uh, got a good silver linings this week. I think we had a great one last week. But, you should bring uh, that back. Up. Yeah, maybe we will. It's but it, it's too fresh right now. We already talked about it, so um, we'll react like we've new, never heard it before. We got a new one though that's real topical because it's something that's coming up. Ooh. Um, the title of the article is "Michigan Native is Bringing Goat Yoga to Williamston." Mm, <laughs> um, I'm into it. Yeah. So for our listeners out there, Williamston is a Smallish city that's just outside of Lansing. It's a really nice town. Um, and it's so the article is uh, the original Goat Yoga will open a satellite location in Williamston on Saturday. It's coming Saturday. Where is the original Goat Yoga? Uh, Williamston. <laughs> I oh, don't know. Great. Uh, it's a thing or, happening. Oh, the, oh, I see what you mean. Yeah, it's a satellite location in Williamston. I think it's at a barn. But uh, cool. anyways, so yeah, it's a $35 class, which is a 30-minute yoga session and an hour-long goat happy hour. Uh, what? The, ins- and the instructors <laughs> are from Our Space Yoga in Williamston. They're going to lead the classes. Um, when is this? Uh, it's this coming Saturday. You guys want to go? No. Okay. <laughs> I don't understand like what happens. Um, I also so, am confused. So basically what it is, it's a regular yoga class. But it's like in a, the picture that I saw, it was like a straw floor with mats on it. And then there are these baby goats that just walk around while you're doing it that are like, I think they might be trained as like emotional support goats. I'm not sure. And (laughs) the like pictures online were like these goats like standing on people's backs while they're doing like downward dog and stuff like that. And it's pretty funny looking. Um, So uh, uh, what does it say? Each class is limited to 25 people and is open to beginners, says Sean canna real the owner of hilltop views farm it is at a farm uh she said the focus is to relax and laugh rather than perfect poses uh she goes on to say it's for anyone you don't have to be a yoga yogi you don't have to be a yoga expert it's a different kind of experience than going to a typical yoga class obviously um so the goat yoga classes are with four goats at canna real's farm and they'll be held every saturday afternoon through the fall um that's a long time dreams wow so the idea for goat yoga is credited to michigan native laney morse who currently lives on a farm outside of corvallis oregon so in 2016 when morse was going through a divorce and diagnosed with an autoimmune disorder called i'm not going to be able to pronounce that syndrome (laughs) she noticed the impact her goats had on improving her mood and started hosting goat happy hours at her farm where people were i guess were just like hanging out with goats and having a beer drinking or with like goats that. um so morris has since opened satellite goat yoga locations in new york kentucky california and illinois so this is like a real thing um and but the goat yoga location in williamston is morris's first time bringing the activity to her home state although they have held one in detroit oh but other people have held goat yoga. there's more than one person who's doing this i think i'm amazed um so she describes it as part yoga part animal therapy I would absolutely not get anything out of that workout except for goats. Joy. Yeah, it's like it <laughs> just seems like you do yoga while these goats like crawl over you. It if you hadn't said crawl over you, I would be fine because that made me think of like spiders. Mm-hmm. But just like, you know, chilling, hanging out. Yeah, I think that. it's because also like everybody has seen that video, right, of that one goat who like will jump on jumps mm-hmm. and like does the flips and all mm-hmm. that. Um, I think it's because that they are like really apt to just like jump on you, and mm-hmm. that's why. I, I think mean, that I don't. Is it, yeah, yeah. But yeah, they like jump on you, and yeah. 
it's well, like that is mid- wholesome, John. It's, a, it's very whole. It's a Midwestern thing, right? Goats. I think goats are other places. <laughs> well, they're all, well, they're all over the world, but the idea of good like, for goats. Mr. Well, it's kind of because the Midwest does really does have this mix of like rural stuff and then very hipster yeah, things. Very true. So it's like if somebody said like, yeah, there's this yoga thing, but there's also goats. Like one of my first thoughts probably would be like Ann Arbor. Mm, yeah, that sounds like an Ann Arbor <laughs> you know, thing. There's the Domino Farms just outside of there. Get yeah. some Domino Farms goats into a yoga studio. I could see something like that happening. Um, yeah, the, the article end with a uh, quote, she said, the yoga is really kind of secondary. It's really being in that atmosphere around the goats that matters. Aww. Yeah. That got the it. bad taste out of my mouth from the last segment. So thank you, John. Yeah. That was great. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, it was a good palate cleanser after some Trump stuff. Goats. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, good episode today. Um, goats are goat. Greatest of all time. No. <laughs> Come on. No, you ruined it. We all understood right. the joke. Cut but it. Done. Yeah. Keep it in. It's all right. Over. Mario, do you wanna do you wanna promote us real quick? Yes. Yeah, so if you're not already subscribing, uh I don't understand why, because you can subscribe or stream at iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play, or wherever you get your podcasts. You can also find us on Facebook at Midwest Nice Podcast. And you can follow us on Twitter at Midwest, Midwest Nice Cast. I always yeah. mess that up. Um, so, yeah, give us a follow. Give us a like. You can rate our podcast and subscribe, and you will get notifications whenever we drop a new episode, which usually happens on Tuesdays, but this time it's going to happen on Thursday. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Follow us, subscribe, please. Rate us. We are uh, in desperate need of attention. Please. And uh, we will see you next week. On that note, bye, guys. Bye.